0: Hey there, Alex here. Uh, I just want to give you a heads up and let you know that sometimes the audio is gonna sound a little funky this episode, uh, specifically when I speak. That is because my computer is in the process of dying, unfortunately, and we didn't notice that until we started recording. So uh, it only affects me, uh, so if you wanna skip my sections that sound like crap, please feel free, but just wanted to give you a heads up beforehand. Anyways, enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 93 of Gaming Fix. Uh, I am your host, Allison, uh, hosting because everybody else who normally hosts is gone, so you know you have that to look forward to. I'm joined today by Alex. Yo. Uh, and Pat.
0: Yo. Yo. Um it's like playing Dota underlords all over again.
1: <laughs> I I saw the movie uh The Lighthouse this week and I definitely was like should I try to throw in some like seafaring talk like ahoy but
2: always I love <laughs> seafaring. I might buy a seafaring game today. We'll see how things go.
0: I oh, have Switch.
2: No, the the uh what the hell is it called? Um abandoned that? ship abandoned ship oh i was gonna say it's like it, a steam game other sorry it had it had like a bunch of uh mixed reviews but then like they the the 1.0 release i guess is really good and it's like 96 percent positive or whatever so it's my kind of game but that, neither here nor there
0: yeah and there's a game i was looking on switch that, we're getting well this is actually on topic but not really anything we were planning on talking about um i was looking and there's a game that has like it's also nautical in nature, and it has almost the exact same logo as Oberdin. Weird, but it is uh. most certainly not Oberdin. <laughs> Weird. Uh, I would have to look to find what it was called again, but I was kind of like, "That's bizarre." Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho,
1: so uh, video games—we've been playing them. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've missed in hosting. <laughs>
2: Me too. See, this was saying you're great at it. <laughs> it's a little stilted and awkward. Yeah,
0: yeah it's Are you great at it? Yeah, it.
2: if I hosted it, would just be like really, really boring. Like it would be competent but very boring because I, when I host things for work, it's like, hi everyone, uh, today, th- thanks for for stopping by. Today we're going to talk about blah blah blah. I uh-huh. almost said the name of where I work, and
1: that's not really something I want to do on the podcast. No, no, no that's right. Like I, I wouldn't want to do that either. So. Oh Yeah, I, I would say beep it and post, but we're also streaming right now, so. It's fine. The internet's forever. We um, wouldn't have
2: to beep it if I said it by mistake. There's not a lot of overlap in my work audience and this audience.
1: Yeah, but every so often I have that fear of, like, somebody discovering this podcast at work. and being People that them. I work
2: with could discover this podcast because a couple of my coworkers follow me on Twitter. Um, they're, like, not active on Twitter, but they're people that I would, like, maintain friendships with were I to leave where I work. So we've exchanged like social media details and stuff. So theoretically it could
1: yeah, come I, back
2: to work, but there's nothing on the show that would get me fired from well, where I not work. Not
0: anymore. Like, I, I removed <laughs> a lot of our porn references on the site. <laughs>
2: eh, even then, nothing that would get me fired It's stuff I do in my free time.
1: Yeah. I I'm I don't Facebook represent the with- company.
2: I don't name the company and that stuff. Yeah,
1: like, I'm Facebook friends with some coworkers and Talk about the podcast on my personal Facebook. So that might not be the smartest idea, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see.
2: There's, there's a lot of other stuff that would get me fired first on my Twitter than the podcast, even with the porn references included, because, uh, I tweet about a lot of like lefty stuff that, uh, our customer base would have a much bigger problem with than a podcast title that like is a cheeky reference to something lewd. (laughs)
0: Anyways, video games.
1: (laughs) So first off, Pat, I know that you've been playing a game that I just started and is highly anticipated.
2: Yeah. So we've been playing some of the Outer Worlds, the Z, um, Mm -hmm. And uh, how much of it did you play? You say uh, it says here literally an hour. Literally,
1: so yep, yeah. I I uh, got so last night I also saw the movie Parasite, which is very very good. But I got home, bought the Outer Worlds, and was like, I am so excited to play this, and immediately fell asleep on my couch. Woke up at about two thirty a.m. <laughs> was like, well, it's downloaded. I'll create my <laughs> character. And so I played literally an hour, and I was like, "I should probably go to bed, considering I have the podcast tomorrow." So here I am.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I've played about three hours of it at this point. Um, I'm kind of near the end of the first planet, I think. Um, I want to be a little bit careful about getting into too many specifics because there's a, I've seen some things on Twitter that people are like so excited to share, and now it's like, well, now I know the arc of this character, and I I know it's just a continuing. It's just a constant war of, like, you shouldn't care about spoilers, and I have time to do this thing before you do, so I'm just going to do it and then talk about it, because I want to talk about it, and I don't know. I think sharing that stuff can be a little selfish, but whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Um, literally...
1: It just came out yesterday, so maybe take some time Not everyone has
2: time to play it for 12 hours in a day and know half the story, so... Some people
1: fall asleep on their couches, and that's okay.
2: Yes. Uh, But anyway... Uh, anything that I sp- say specifically, I'll, I'll keep contained to like that first couple of people that you meet or whatever. Yeah. Um, and nothing that's a big surprise. So, yeah, that game uh, is very much. I mean, it is very literally uh, Fallout meets uh, Mass Effect um, in the way that you play with the game. But it is a better playing game than either of those games, I think. It, um
1: it feels it feels dang good.
2: Yes, it's a good shooter, which neither Fallout or Mass Effect are. Mass Effect started to get there by Mass Effect Three, but by then it had lost so much of the role playing part in terms of the like mechanics, not necessarily in terms of the the story. But so anyway, um, I think that that uh, Outer World splits that difference a lot better. Um, the shooting feels really good. It's uh, very like um, this. So it's a role playing game. If you haven't seen it, um, first person you create a character, you end up on a weird planet, uh you're kind of like in a cloning ship to start um and plucked off the shelf by this kind of crazy doctor sort of character. Ooh. Uh and the setup is, you know, it's whatever. There's a very good opening cutscene that has some great dialogue in it. Uh and then um you're sort of let loose trying to figure out how to get a ship and get off of this starting planet. Um, and, uh, the way you kind of interface with the world is similar to a fallout game in that you are talking to people and a very camera focuses and zooms in on their face. And then dialogue options pop up. Um, it is fallout three and, and new Vegas style where, you know, you're just picking a dialogue option. There's no voice for the main character. Um, and, uh, Then you are doing, like, skill checks and dialogue to do persuasion and lies and stuff like that. Uh, And then the combat is, um, like, a good shooter. Uh, The issue that I have with it is that I think the AI is a little bad. um, But I think that's true of a lot of games in that, like, I was in a situation where I was fighting in an area that had a building in it. It had like a garage. I'm playing it on hard. Um, and there was, there was the first time that I had seen like, Oh, there's like eight people that I'm fighting against now. So this is a big mm-hmm. combat, but I just kind of like ran into the garage, got them to choke up at the door and killed them all. And then the, the couple of them got through and hit me. And you take a lot of damage on hard, but I just dashed around the corner to the outside of the building. Cause there's a big like garage door that I could run through and hit my health healing item twice and then just flanked around behind them and killed them. And it just the combat feels very good. But so far, the enemies are really dumb. They just like kind of run at you, try to get in, yeah. range, shoot at you and then die. Um, so I'm hoping that that <laughs> improves, because to me, that's like the big thing. That's that's kind of keeping it from being a great shooter, uh, in my opinion. But otherwise, combat feels really good. There's a slowdown time mechanic. It doesn't pause. Well, I know that's technically slows down time, too, but you can just leave vats up and it's so slow that it's not even really
1: right. It, anything,
2: it, nothing's happening. Yeah. Whereas with outer worlds, it's a little bit less paused and um, you can't just sit there forever because the meter starts ticking down as soon as you hit the slow down time button. Um, you it's, it's, it's down slowly, but it still gives you some urgency. And then when you kind of, mouse over an enemy in the in time slowed down. It gives you some stats on them and some information about them, and you can shoot them in specific spots to do specific damage and to, like, take out, like, their legs, and if you hit them in the head, it blinds them or whatever. Um, and uh, it's a cool system. It hasn't mattered much yet, but I think it's just because I'm so early on that mm-hmm. it just makes sense to shoot people in the head, basically. Um, I found it to be extremely easy, even on hard. Um, yeah, I don't I'm playing know if- it
1: on normal, and... It's super easy so far, but again, I, I just got to the ship. So, like, I'm yeah. not very far at all.
2: I had, um, there's, a there's, there's one encounter near the ship. Again, yeah, not spoilery at all, where there's like a, a family there's of a like. a
1: spaceship. Ooh, what? Uh, well,
2: and there's, there's some wreckage nearby it of where there's some like ape monsters well, kind of.
0: Never installing this then. I'm <laughs> um,
2: And I, I went in and fought the ape monsters. That was a little tough as, like, the second fight in the game. I died once, but then I still managed to kill them. And, again, I killed them because I just kited them around the ship, which felt kind of bad, but whatever. Uh, and then there's been one other fight that's been kind of challenging. But all the fights have been fun, even though I think the AI could be better. And Yeah. Um, and, and it hasn't been particularly hard on hard. I also made a character who's very good at shooting guns. Um, my character is, like, has, like— the two, when you create your character, you pick their stats, right? And so mm-hmm. I made my character not as strong to get an extra stat point and then beefed up my perception, which is mm-hmm. for handguns and long guns.
1: Yeah, see, um, I, I optimized stuff like like Persuade and...
2: I have election. one point in that stat as well because I wanted to be kind of good at that, um, but then very good at shooting. Uh, so that, I'm sure, is helpful. I think it would probably be a lot harder if I had balanced my stats out more. Um But I always like to play the gunslinger type character. So, yeah. Um, The other thing I wasn't crazy about at first, you know, it's got the structure. The map of that starting planet is really like small in a good way. Like it's got enough room that it feels open, but it doesn't. It's not so big that it feels like a chore to move around in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I did. um, So that's like in the town. There's a couple side quests you can pick up. And both of them, like, were things I didn't want to do for people I didn't want to help, which was a little frustrating. I ended up doing one of them and it goes in some interesting directions, although still not directions that I it's like. I'm doing I'm continue. I continue down that path because I want to see where it goes narratively, not because it's what I would do were I in that situation, which is a little frustrating. Um, But uh, I encountered as I kind of progressed through the story of that opening planet more, I found some stuff I could get behind, uh, and some, some quests and characters that were more interesting to me, uh, that, and, and then also the first, the other thing that makes it a lot like Mass Effect is you have companions and, uh, structurally later on the game is very much a, you have a ship, you have companions, you walk around the ship while you're in space, then you pick a place to go and land. And when you leave the ship, you pick a screen pops up with all of your companions in a row and you pick the ones you want to take with you. Um, the first companion that you get is really interesting, um, and is a again. I don't. I've seen more about her story than I particularly want to already, so I won't spoil it for anybody her, else. But her,
0: her story, yeah. If, uh, this game is her story. If
1: you buy this game, it's you actually play the entirety of her story within it. It's oh, very, shit.
0: it's That's it's awesome.
1: very experimental, but yeah.
2: She's 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 very cool though, and has a lot of like she's very cool from like a representation perspective she's very cool from a, a she, her voice actress is really good and she's just a a, a cool character so I'm excited to even though i kind of know her arc now I'm excited to see, uh, to see it firsthand because I already find her really endearing um so yeah the 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 writing is the thing that i think is really the the star here with this mm-hmm. game um it's still got a little bit of I don't think the humor is particularly good so far, but it also doesn't, it doesn't like great on you. Like
1: it's, I feel like at times so far it's been a little bit like a little bit cheesy, but like in a charming way where you're just yeah, like, Aw. It's trying
2: okay. really hard in a way that I just don't think really works, but it's endearing. St- well, and maybe endearing is the wrong word. It, the problem I have with it is like, It's it's all this commentary on capitalism. Right. And it's about like how corporations have taken over the solar system and like everything you do is to to for the glory of of corporations. And like to the point where like they kind of people like worship doing work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. And the game knows it sucks. And the game is telling you it sucks. But And I think it's great for people who have never thought about this stuff, which we have to kind of remember is a lot of people um, and a lot of people playing games. I think it will hopefully like open some doorways for them in thinking about the way the world works. And I hope that some people out there have a eureka moment of like, wait, this is like when I go to my job and it sucks. Um, But. As someone who already agrees that it sucks and that capitalism, late stage capitalism sucks. I'm kind of like, yeah, yes. Fuck this. Yes. You're right. Yep. Mm hmm. You don't need to tell me I don't need to be beaten over the head by this. Uh, So yeah, that's been a little less effective on me. But the thing that's great is that um, in the past, while I actually happen to kind of weirdly like the, the humor and writing in Borderlands three, a lot more than most people, in previous borderlands games i it didn't click with me and um it was grating like it put me off of wanting to play the game because i found it so hard to enjoy whereas with the outer worlds all i ever do sometimes is just go whatever and move on it never is like poor quality and it's never grating it's just like yeah i know this is a this is a dumb thing and and that said there also have been a few times when i have genuinely chuckled at like a joke or or uh like uh reading something about something. Um so it it's not it's it's and it's generally very good, the the quality of the writing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I I'm just really excited to put more time into it because the idea of fallout but mass effect, but kind of like ramshackle. I've seen the the we've we've seen the comparison of Firefly a lot, which I've yet to see how much it does that. But that is just very exciting for me. So it's like but just like the kind of like like early early on, you have the feeling of like, yep, this is space, but it's not like necessarily like super sterile or. Yeah, I think
2: it's still really effective when you walk into town and it like when coming back to turn in a side quest or whatever, and it plays the, like the, the guitar strum, the like firefly, like down, down, oh, down yeah. And, and you're like, and the dust kicks up and, and you kind of like go into the church or whatever to turn in a quest. Like there's the still, it has a good aesthetic in that way. The I do think that is really good. Yeah. I think it's an interesting art style. I think that like, um, I'm playing it on PC with the settings pretty much maxed, but just at at 1080. Uh, And it is not, I don't know. It's like, I'm kind of glad because I think it will make it more accessible to people to play it on PCs who maybe or, and I'm sure it makes it run better on base model consoles, but it's definitely not like, oh my God, there's things they're doing with lighting in this game. It's very much, I mean, it looks like, it looks like fallout four, but with better art direction, basically right. the, uh,
1: like, the actual gameplay aesthetic, uh, like game <coughs> graphics are, are, aren't like anything that special, but um, although the art direction is good, it's yeah. just like that. Sometimes like you get a pop-up and it has specific art on it. And the like kind of aesthetic that they're going through for there. It, I, I feel like the art direction in general is really quite good.
2: Yeah, I uh, I I think um, it's definitely worth I mean, if you have Game Pass, it's obviously worth a download. But if you even if you like don't have a if you're if you have like a PS4, like you do Allison to play it on, I think it's worth picking up. It's 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 also a game that is very replayable from what I understand. Like you can make choices very early on that drastically change the course of the game to the extent that like the structure of the narrative changes and it's like, I think there's like two or three main ways that the game can change its course. So it's about like, I think it's around like 30 ish hours if you do everything. Um, yeah.
1: That's about what I've heard too,
2: but I'm sure you could get a good 60 out of it if you mm. decided for 50 or whatever to, if you decided to like go down every path and, think it's worth that. And I, I will say I am a little disappointed. This isn't really the Outer Worlds fault. It's a fault of role playing games in general. Um, I'm planning on picking up Disco Elysium soon because I hear that maybe this sort of negates some of this, but I am all for leveling up and getting stat increases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that part of this game and other games is fine. When you level up in the Outer Worlds, you get points to put into um, your ranged attacks, your melee attacks, your stealth, your your conversation skills, etc. Um, But I think it's a little disappointing that the perk system, um, which every two levels you get to pick a perk. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, cool. What is that going to be? It's all like gain plus 50% health, gain 50 kilograms of carrying capacity. Um, weapon durability is 25% less, uh, like reduce to percent less. And I just think that those flat stat things that happen in RPGs are getting so stale and boring. And I really would like to see like, I don't know. I feel like if, if, if what you like a great example, funnily enough is borderlands, the stats, the skill trees in borderlands three. It's like now you do more damage when you're running at full speed. So it changes the way you play the game because you want to be moving as fast as you can for the entire fight. That's cool. I think like gain 50 health as like a thing you get every two levels that's supposed to matter sort of sucks. Like there's this whole flaw system where um, when you do certain things, you can take a negative hit. So like I had one because I fought a bunch of the ape creatures um, where I can make it so that when I go into combat with ape creatures and me or my companions are attacked, I take a stat hit, but I gain a perk. If those perks were interesting, it, I would have said, yeah, sign me up. I don't know how many times I'm even going to fight apes again. But because the perks are all boring, flat stat increases, I was like, no, I'm not going to take this because I don't care if I can carry 50 more kilograms of stuff. What, who cares? Like, right. So I think that's pretty disappointing. Um I I, there's a second there's tier two and tier three perks. Maybe those get more interesting. Um, Tier one does
1: seem pretty boring, though. but
2: tier one is really boring. And I don't think I'm I think we're in a place with role playing games as a genre where it's fine if you have like stat and attribute increases. But if you're going to have a like tree of stuff, you got to make it interesting. Like we've been doing this for a long time. You got to come up with some reason for me to care about your stat trees, um, your skill trees, because it's just, I mean, just not that interesting to get 50% extra health. And so that part was a little disappointing to me.
1: Well, uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where we have uh, where our thoughts are say, next week or in the following week when we've put a little bit more time into it. Um, but it's exciting to play. Yeah,
2: uh, and I've continued to like it the more I've played it, so I'm sure that I'll come out pretty positive on it. Even yeah,
1: I'm, I'm guessing I will, because just like the general vibe I'm into, but it'll be interesting to see where we're at in a couple weeks. Uh, and Pat, you also have another game.
2: Yeah, so I have been, um, I kind of like there's this is it's it's a complicated thing to talk about because I think you can't talk about this game without talking about like the mistakes and also like core problems that the company that makes it has. Um, but to t- I ended up playing some League of Legends this week, which is made by Riot, who have had um, a lot of issues with, uh, you know, workers rights and. Uh, sexual harassment and cultural problems and toxicity at some of their studios. Um, They're also owned by Tencent, which is arguably one of the most evil corporations in the world. Um, I think. uh, And like when you play league of legends in China, you have to log in with your state ID number so that they can monitor how much you're playing. So like there's a lot of shitty stuff around that game. Um, and I think it should be more talked about. I kind of, um, I had kind of a moment this week where I was thinking a lot about conversations we've had privately and conversations around the game. And it's like, just not something that people, obviously people talked about it during the walkouts. Um, and you absolutely should not cross picket lines when people are walking out and protesting. But, um, I don't know that (laughs) I I hadn't had an interest in playing it for a long time, but there are current 10 year event and some of the announcements of new games that they have, uh, has had me like interested to check into it. Um, and I kind of came to the conclusion that like, I have a lot of problems with that company, but I don't know that yelling about it without any context for what the game and community is like is necessarily constructive. And on top of that, is it The sort of is it my crusade to not play League of Legends and does that serve anyone at all? Um, So ultimately, I ended up checking it out. I think you need to, I mean, you could argue there's some hypocrisy in playing a game that you're also critical of. I don't even know where I fall in that argument. I'm still sussing a lot of those feelings out for myself. But I think if you, I don't, I wouldn't take any of the stuff that I'm about to express about the game as an endorsement of where Riot's at as a company, uh, or where certainly not where Tencent is at as a company. Um, but kind of with all that, that said, uh, League is still, it's a, it's a good game. I mean, it's, uh, it's something, excuse me, uh, that I, I always kind of preferred Dota and I think that Dota is a more complex game. Um, and, but I could never get friends to play Dota. So I always sort of played Dota on my own time and played a lot of league with other with friends. And um, so I have a lot of I have pretty comparable amounts of time in both games. And what kind of led me to want to check it out beyond them having a lot of stuff going on is uh, they th- I was thinking about how much I want to play a MOBA where you click on stuff. And the only two of those that are left are Dota and League, like literally all of the other ones have died. I still play some smite with my partner and I like smite a lot, uh, but it's a very different kind of game. And uh, I was kind of thinking like, you know, I, I, I love Dota, but I don't want to, I don't have time anymore to put into 40 minute matches or 45 minute matches. Um, and so Lee is just a little bit quicker paced game. So that, so I, that was kind of what led me to play it. Have did have you ever played it before Alex, or is it just, have you just played Dota?
0: just play dota i tried like two rounds of league and mm-hmm. just found it to not really suit my playstyle.
2: it's fair um yeah it's changed a lot over the years one of the things they do with league is um like every season fundamental aspects of the game change um as opposed to dota which is part of what's great about dota is that the fundamental aspects of dota are pretty perfect already so they don't really shift that much um In the case of League, they change, like, how the jungle works every season. Uh, They change how um, the stuff works in the river pretty much every season. Um, There are now, like, uh, like, so there's flowers in the jungle that when you attack them, they do different things. So some of them will, like, spray a cone of uh, these, like, spores in a direction that can slow, I think. They either slow or silence. I can't remember there's one that if you attack it it like boosts you in the air and you can use it to like engage over walls and stuff like that it's it's interesting there's a lot of interesting stuff in there um the other thing is just i like the pace of um the thing that that was hardest for me to get back into with the last the recent time that i played some dota is the um the pace of that game being s- you don't leave lane very often in dota if you have to leave your lane it's like you did something wrong um, generally until later on when you, yeah, yeah. Once you start like team fighting and stuff, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like going back to base and it, and in league, there's much more of a, of a rhythm of you have to go back to base to buy. So you go back to base and then you come back to lane and then you fight until you have gold and then you go back. And I kind of appreciate that rhythm because it gives you a little bit of like time to breathe and go like, okay, what am I doing? Um, I also am just better at League than I am at Dota. That's another thing that is uh, has made it a little bit fun. But yeah, I don't know. The the thing that I think is that is most interesting. The game hasn't really changed that much, but their client. I don't know if it's that people are just. You don't really hear it talked the game talked about that much in larger like games press circles. It's hugely popular still, but it's not really a game that anybody in gaming press plays from what I've seen that, that, that I follow anyway. So I don't know if it's just that we're not talking about it that much or what, but um, their client is probably the best front end menu system that I've ever seen from any servicey kind of game. That's awesome. And their method of like um, when you log back in after a long time, it pops up with a screen that's like, here's how things have changed and it's good information. And then they give you a quest that's like, okay, so go play two games of Teamfight tactics, go play two games of a Ram, which is a mode where you all, everybody gets a random hero and there's one, one lane and go play two games of summoners riff, the core game. And when you do all that, you just get enough currency to buy a free character. Like, one of the newest ones, if you want. Um, So, there's that. And then also in this, like, 10-year anniversary event, you get enough currency. Like, every day when you play a game, you get a different gift, but you do them in order, even if you missed the start of the thing. And you just, like, day two's gift was enough currency to buy a character. So, like, the way they dole out free characters now is pretty cool. Um, It's a lot less, like... Back when I was playing it a lot, you bought the new character every other month, but it was like that seemed like it was the way that they were making a lot of their money was from selling you the characters. Whereas now they seem to do like everything in their power to say, just take the characters, buy skins, but take the characters. Uh, I'm almost surprised that they're I think the only reason maybe that they're not just free all of them like in Dota is because people have invested a lot of money in them over time and maybe it would feel shitty to go, ah, I spent $200 on characters over the last 10 years and now everyone else gets them for free. Uh, but yeah, it's that, that that's not even really a prohibitive thing anymore, but yeah, I don't, we, I don't have a ton of other thoughts on it other than it's fast. It's fun. It's, I can't really come up with any problems with the game itself that I could find when I was playing it. Um, so if you're kind of looking for something like that and, um, want to see some of that new stuff that they announced as it comes. um, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. I did uh, kind of to their the. the, there's no way for them to solve the being owned by Tencent issue. That's just a thing that you're going to have to sit with and keep in mind um, as you look into it. But um, it does seem like they are trying to make real advances in the cultural issues that they had. It's hard to, say from the outside of any of that's having a real effect. Um, But there have been some good interviews with folks um, like women and people of color in the company that has that, that I was reading that were saying that there's been a real shift culturally. They've done a good job from what I understand of removing forced arbitration clauses from new contracts. Um, And they have done a good job of settling with the people that they did force into arbitration and getting from what I've heard from the people who the plaintiff side really generous settlements. So a lot of that stuff is like, who knows what kind of spin is on it, but um it sounds like they're trying to really shift their culture um, in I I don't necessarily trust that any of that stuff is sincere when you're talking about a business that's that huge, but at least maybe they recognize that, they have to do it because if they don't, then more people are going to walk out and more people are going to boycott their product. So hopefully that, that is something that's really taking root. Uh, And um, yeah, I also played some of their team fight tactics thing. I think it's weird because I think aspects of it are a lot better than Dota underlords. But then I think that the UI in team fight tactics is a mess. Like you can't, you sometimes you can't look at how, what a hero does when you go to select them um like to pick which one to get and the their system of items is really interesting cuz you you put items on champions and then they combine into other items but you can't see what the combination is going to do until you're about to combine them so you can't like look at what a Blade of the Ruined King and a recurve bow turn into when you're picking who to put the Blade of the Ruined King on. So it's like you basically need like a wiki or something open to be able to look at stats for heroes, stats for alliances, and stats for items, and it's that's a little ridiculous. But uh it's interesting. That genre is a is fascinating, and I'm wondering if it's gonna continue to have legs or if it's gonna fade away uh by the time their other projects come out. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's worth checking out if you found Dota Underlords interesting and just want to see what other people are doing.
1: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, let's move on to Alex, who has been playing a couple of games.
0: Hi. Yes, I have. Which one would you guys like to hear about? Because you can both see on the list what's there. We have a couple you- options.
1: Since there's only three of us,
0: we probably have room for both. Oh, I know. I noticed. Which one would you guys like first?
1: Oh,
2: uh, why don't we? You could. Why don't you tell us about Manifold Garden? I have. I'm, I'm guessing that Ring Fit will be a little more back and forth. So maybe, yeah. Monologue it up to tell us about Manifold Garden. Sure. Then...
0: Yeah. So there's this video game that came out. All right. Hear me out.
1: Well, no. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're already blowing my mind.
2: <laughs> is it really a game, though? Oh, God, okay. So, let's I think talk you about mostly just walk around,
1: right?
2: Because in- <laughs> if, if you just walk around, I don't know that we can really call that a game.
0: Yeah, you do walk around. I mean, that is fair. i pretty
2: sure you need stats for it to
0: be a oh, game. Oh, God, let's not. <laughs> 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 so uh, Manifold Garden was something like I had never even really heard of before it came out. Um, even though it had been in development for like seven years and had been at multiple E3s and GDCs and stuff like that. Um, for some reason it was just never on my radar. And uh came out last week, last Friday, um, the 19th, I think. And the overwhelming sentiment I was getting from the community is like, Man, this is like the spiritual successor to Antichamber. And my immediate mm. response was okay. Because <laughs> I really liked Antichamber. Uh it was one of my favorite games that came out that year, whenever that was 2013 or something. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm up for a mind bending weird ass puzzle game right now. So let's check it out. So also fortunately uh, it is one of the games on Apple arcade. So if you have Apple arcade, you can play this right now. Cheska uh, tried playing it on an iPad 2 and said it worked pretty well up until a point where the game just kept crashing and she couldn't play it anymore. So, um I don't know like that's an iPad 2 so it's very old. I don't know how it would hold up on modern modern phones or iPads or whatever. Uh I played it on a MacBook Pro uh with a controller. <laughs> that game would not be fun with a keyboard, I think. I I should try, I should go back and try it before I say that definitively, but um yeah, with a controller it feels pretty good. And yeah, um I don't want to dive too deep into what playing it is like, because the experience of getting in there and being like, Oh, so that's what you're doing is pretty fantastic. Um, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, if you're interested in a mind bending puzzle game, which is similar to Antichamber or has you lateral thinking similar to portal or something like that, then like, you don't even need to listen to me speak. You can just go install it and play it cause it's worth it. Uh, but like, to be a little bit more cagey, but still talking about what it is. I think it's really creative, really clever artistically and visually really striking. Um, it's really satisfying to finish up sections of puzzles and make it to the other end and be like, yeah, this is such a cool payoff. Um, I don't know, like it's really good, but, um, there is a pretty significant, but there, (laughs) <laughs> significant butt, but um, it's
2: is significant. It
0: is. It's true. Don't don't butt shame <laughs> someone. Uh, so like, it does have significant performance issues, uh, as mentioned on the iPad. It was un- it, it was completely, consistently crashing for Cheska and unplayable. So like, that's not great. Uh, but even on my MacBook Pro, which has a discrete graphics card, so it's like. It has a GPU. It. I had to turn the settings down pretty far for, uh, for it to not chug. Like I was hitting single frames of FPS. Like I would say, like one to seven frames per second with some sections, and it was just like, whoa, what is going on here? It's like the visuals are cool and it's doing some interesting stuff, but it's not that crazy. So um, that does detract from it. And I did run into a couple puzzles where like the design was just a little it didn't work as well as you would have wanted it to because like, uh, for example, you'd be carrying an item, carrying a thing. And then the world as you're walking, you wouldn't notice that under your feet, uh, the, there's a hole there. Like a, it's like a cheese grater and you're just like, Oh, I fell through this hole. And the thing I was carrying got stuck in the platform that I was, I just fell through. So it's like, well, I kind of have to reset everything I was doing and go back. Cause I like, you know it wasn't clear that there was a hole here and now the puzzle's broken so like stuff like that was a little bit there so like it's not perfect but i will say it's for when it's great it is exceptionally good cool yeah uh also review Ooh, on the fuck. site if you're if you're interested in reading more nuanced thoughts
2: it sounds cool it's definitely on my list of stuff i need to get to before the end of the year, for sure. I I like Chamber a lot. I think um, I don't know how to what am I what do I want to it's like so it got so esoteric at times that it became kind of like it, like Portal is so grounded, you know, there's so it, it's it's so taking place in a world with a History yeah, and world. with characters, yeah. Um, and so it, it was a little challenging for me sometimes to stay with it for Antechamber because it just felt so like it's, abstr- this it's abstract, this is not a real,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, um, but in a way, with Manifold garden, like kind of knowing that going in and having it be so, I don't know, abstract from the jump. Feels like something that maybe I would really, really enjoy. And I did enjoy Antichamber. I don't want to say that I don't think it's good. It's just that it, it didn't... There was something missing from it for me. Um, and Not that I think that Manifold Garden, Garden has that, but um, knowing that it's missing from the beginning maybe will help me kind of understand it.
0: Yeah, there's zero narrative in the game. There's no story. There's like if you're looking for a narrative drive to can like keep you going from place to place, you're not going to find that,
2: but totally. And yeah,
0: but like the stuff that does keep you going from place to place, like you can say it has kind of a story. Um, I would say like there is a central theme to it and that you're sure. trying to accomplish what is like, th- there are goals that it is communicating to you in an abstract way. <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not like in a pretentious way in any way, like it's actually really good. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like, it it's very light for that. This is, you can consider it basically a pure puzzle game. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, that's great too. I think my struggle with anti-chamber is that people were comparing it to portal a lot when it came out as like a, and, and so I didn't understand at the time what it was going for. And I was, you know, also younger then and hadn't had as much experience with a lot of stuff. So, Um, that was probably part of why it didn't click as much with me as it did with some other people. Um, and I still liked it a lot, but it wasn't like a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, but I definitely want to play uh, manifold garden.
0: Yeah. Um, totally recommended. Uh, but yes, the other game that I have been playing, give me a second while I load up the video is a little thing that you brought up last week. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is called a ring fit adventure. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you continued with it?
2: Uh, Yeah, I have played a few more. I've actually missed a few days um, because uh, I'm still trying to figure out the right way to fit it into my schedule. I started thinking I would play it in the mornings, but I find I'm finding that that's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to get it in, in the morning and also make it to work a little early. So I may move back to doing it in the evening and then like, for me it's all about like shower strategies cause I don't want to shower twice a day. Um, <laughs> it's not good for you. Sure. Uh, and also I don't enjoy spending the time doing it twice a day. So, um, I don't know, I'm going to try this. We're, we're planning on doing a, a bit of a like challenge. everybody keep told each other to task to do it. And, um, I think I'm going to, uh, try to do it again in the evening after work and then grab a shower and then from there I can like make dinner and all that stuff uh so hopefully I'll fit it in there but I have played more of it I'm in near the I'm at like the end of world 2 so
0: nice and Alison I know you picked it up yesterday right
1: Yep yep so I basically had it uh this was a game that was just so popular that I couldn't pick it up near me so I I ordered it online Uh, and I just got it from my, uh, apartment office yesterday. So I haven't put it, tried it at all yet, but, um, I'm excited to give it a shot.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, funny enough. Yeah, it is really popular. Uh, after our cast last week, I gave my local shop a call being like, Hey, do you guys actually have this in stock? And they're like, yep, we got two. So, uh, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And when I got there, it turns out one of the two was actually their display model. So <laughs> uh yeah, it turns out I was lucky and got their last actual copy. So I've been playing it since last Saturday, uh, every day. And yeah, kept up with it every day. It's I think it is a really smart and good thing. Uh I mm-hmm. I tried Wii Fit many years ago and was largely unimpressed by it. Like I think mm-hmm. it was it was okay, but it was never it didn't have the fidelity you were hoping for ever, so like it just felt like you're kind of like I'm. Yeah, I'm 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 doing this like plank equivalent or like sitting down doing kind of yoga posey kind of stuff, and it's kind of working, but like there's no real feedback here. <laughs> uh, whereas this, I would say, it is giving you pretty decent feedback, even though it only has like two points of uh, reference: one being your leg, one being the ring that you're holding in your hand. Uh, and it does pretty well with both of those things. So like, uh, I'm at world four now and like have unlocked enough stuff to where it's doing some stuff where like you actually have to have some kind of, uh, technique, I guess. And it will get a little bit critical if, if your technique is off, it'll be like, Hey, 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 no, no, no. So like, that's actually been pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. it's been good. I immediately set it to the highest intensity. I don't know what you wanna call it, but like uh there's numerical values that get assigned to it so like uh I think the easiest is around like six or something like that like it automatically sets to six and then you can go up up or down by one or two if you want to just kind of fine tune it uh my my comfy spot has been set to around twenty eight and it's been good. It's like it definitely works up a sweat. Uh by the end of a session, there will definitely be some sore muscles, which is great because that's kind of what you want from something like this.
2: I can say too if you are like me and really really out of shape, I think I'm at around like 18 or something like that, so significantly lower than Alex and it is like very challenging for me to do more than two levels in a session. Like I I by the time I'm done with two of them, I am I am feeling like I like need to take a break. Um, so if you are, if you are out of shape, it is, uh, definitely, and you feel worked out like all over. Um, and, uh, it's, it's definitely a useful tool, uh, in that regard. In some ways, I almost am wondering if I should bump it down so I can play it for longer. Um, but it's also just felt good. And I'm thinking by pushing myself, maybe I'll be able to, to continue to get in a little bit better shape. Uh,
0: Yeah, totally. So I I think it's, I think I would look at it one of two ways. I think if you are an experienced like athlete kind of sports person, it is a very, very good supplement to anything that you're currently doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think it will replace a gym visit or uh, like a a multi-kilometer run or sorry, multi-mile run. Sorry, I (laughs) forgot that we have Americans here, (laughs) but um, like it's, it's an extremely good supplement to all of those things. Uh, and if you are brand new to fitness or like you have not done it for many years and are looking to get back into it, I think it's exceptional for that because I think it giving you your own pace and giving you your own, like, yeah, like you can kind of set which exercises you want to do, what parts of the body you want to focus on and like, like all that kind of stuff. I think it's really good. But I think there is one major downside to the game. Uh, Like, pretty major, in my opinion. And it doesn't really affect me directly, but I think it's a pretty big consideration that people should take before picking it up. And it's something you alluded to last week, Pat. Uh, There are no accessibility options. Like, Mm -hmm. if someone has a limited range of motion, or, like, they're missing a limb, or physically incapable of doing some exercise for whatever reason, like, there's no option for alternative exercises. Like... Yeah. I think that's a pretty big misstep for what's otherwise. Yeah, like, a yeah that's really unfortunate. Yeah,
2: like, and I also think it's like, uh, t- t- this sounds really harsh, but I think it's at a point where we need to be really harsh. Nintendo just has no clue
1: what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Way. And yeah. they actively aren't, like, that's my, honestly probably my biggest uh, issue with Nintendo as a company. I say it as somebody that spends way too much money with Nintendo. Sure. No, yeah is, yeah, like, yeah. is that they generally just don't care about. Uh, accessibility and from what I understand, a couple of uh, accessibility groups have reached out and were like, "We we want to help," and they just haven't. Yeah, you know,
0: like I, I, it, which is a shame. I think that's pretty disappointing because, like, yeah, if you go to a personal trainer, they are going to cater your exercises to you. Like, if you are someone who cannot use their legs, they are not going to focus on having you do squats for the first two hours, like Ring Fit does, right. because. Like, there's no way to get around it. For the first, I don't know, uh, first world, we'll say at least, which however long that it takes you, it could be 20 minutes, it could be an hour, whatever. Uh, there are six exercises you have to use, basically. Like Mm -hmm. there's, you cannot swap one out. You cannot, like, you don't get the option to do anything else until like you get further and further in. Well,
2: and it'll also do things like you have to start, like, Mm. it's great that they force you into the proper posture before you start an exercise for people who are able bodied. But in some cases, like maybe you would be able to do squats um, if you were perhaps um, like missing an arm or something like that but if you can't hold that ring fit up so that it's vertical in front of you, it won't let you start the squats exercise. Yeah. Like you, so that kind of stuff is frustrating too, is even if you were able to somehow bypass those early sections until the point where you had more yoga poses and stuff that you could do, Mm -hmm. there is no way to say like, Hey, for these exercises, I can't use the ring con. Can you just focus on the leg and trust that I'm going to do my best to do the motion? Yeah. Um, and that's very frustrating. Um, again, as someone, and, and the reason it's frustrating is because for me, I will never, I, I just am not going to go to the gym. I don't like gyms. I don't like being in gyms. I don't like being around gyms. <laughs> I often don't like being around people who go to the gym. Of course we have like p- people in our podcast <laughs> Notwithstanding, <laughs> I work with some people who go to the gym all the time, but like Seriously, like in the past, I've had friends who go to the gym and they're like very insufferable about it in a way that is frustrating and pushy. And it's just turned me off of that whole culture. So for me, this game is great because it's basically like a personal trainer in a lot of ways because it will suggest things like, um, hey, you worked on your arms a lot yesterday. You should focus on doing some more leg exercises and some yoga poses today. Um, And like at the end of a workout, it'll be like, oh, you you did a bunch of leg stuff. Let's make sure we stretch your legs out and get them in shape to play tomorrow. Um, Yeah. And so that stuff is really cool. But if you can't take advantage of it because you have different needs in a, from a, from an accessibility standpoint, it's frustrating. And for how well thought out so much of it is like they include a low volume option. So you don't have to run as much Mm -hmm. in case you live in an apartment. I feel like if you're going to go to that extent, you could come up with some other ways to make it more accessible to people. Yeah,
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. So like that. Uh, oh, sorry. Please go for it, Allison.
1: Oh no. I, I, I'm just. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. That that. I I'd heard that about the apartment stuff, which is something that I would taken into consideration because I do live on the top floor of my apartment building, and I genuinely do not know how loud um, me jogging in place would be. So we'll see how we'll we'll just see. Like I'll give it a shot with like the normal stuff today during in the middle of the day because. Hopefully that won't, even if it's a little bit louder, won't uh, bother anybody. But, you know, if I start doing this during the week, uh, in the mornings or something, for for example, then I'd probably want that quiet. But, yeah, I personally uh, uh, don't dislike the gym, in theory. I just... uh, it's just so expensive and getting out there without a car is really can be tough. Um, so this is actually about uh, the cost of this game is basically like a month at a gym near me. Uh, so I'm like, okay, if mm-hmm. if, if this is like going to be some exercise and I, and I do a lot of walking in my personal life because again, I don't have a car, so I walk everywhere. So I'm like, okay, if this kind of supplements that and allows me to get some extra exercise in without, without as being like kind of a budget friendly thing, then that was, that's kind of what I wanted to get out of it, I guess. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to give it a shot because it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. it goes for me.
0: For what it's worth. Um, I'm also in an apartment right now and I just do, I do not wear shoes. That's one way to keep mm-hmm. the quiet down. Uh, and I do it on a yoga mat. So like that mm-hmm. is a good way to kind of, uh, you know kind of keep things a little bit uh i don't know it's like having shocks for your feet <laughs> so it's it's <laughs> it's it's absorbing a lot of the sound uh so if you have like a bath mat you could try using that for you know just to give it a start see if that helps uh if you if you don't want to do the quiet mode cuz it seems like the quiet mode is basically like bouncing in place rather than running in place which mm. it's not going to give you the, quite the same amount of
1: uh no
2: i will say that i've continued to Uh, as someone who never thought that jogging in place was really a worthwhile, like fitness activity, uh, I am fortunate in that I live on the ground floor of a (laughs) single, like there's no one above me. I'm connected in the corner to the building that has multiple floors. We're kind of in this weird corner unit, um, which is very nice. Uh, but, um, I am full on jogging in place and it is, uh, quite the workout when you're not in shape to (laughs) run through those environments. Um, yeah. And then they introduce things like when they introduce the conveyor belts, and it's like now you need to run in place to be able to get past this conveyor belt, <laughs> and the running is like holy shit, I'm, I am tired. Yeah, the
0: the one that I'm really enjoying is when you. I think it's in world it might be in world two. So maybe you, you've experienced it already, but it might be the start of world three is there are gates that you have to open by squeezing the ring con. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically blowing a, a gust of air. And then there's ones that have what are basically like windmills. So, Oh, that's cool. So you I ha- haven't seen those yet. And like, you basically have to pump the ring con like 10 or 15 times because if like you kind of stop, then it, it starts falling back down. That's cool. those ones are tough after you've done a full like if you've been focusing on upper body all day mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're just going fu, 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 fu. like it's it's actually pretty tough when they have like three in a row so
2: one thing that I, I wish the game had better ability to like there are times in fights specifically because I don't have like bad knees but I also cannot do lots of like chair pose and squats in a row because it will it does hurt my knees sure. and like when it starts hurting, you should stop doing that thing. Yep. Um, and so I do kind of wish it could, I could say, like, when you're in the squat attack, uh, if I get halfway through it and it starts to hurt, I wish I could say, like, hey, timeout, this hurts. Let's do something else instead.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, you can't really bail out of one once you've started.
2: No, yeah. and that's a little bit frustrating. But they're not so long that um, it's, like... Y- y- I can injure myself with them, so it's manageable, but yeah, I do wish it just gave you more ways to do the battle stuff out of the gate because the mm-hmm. opening stuff that they give you is good, but it's also like sometimes I feel like, okay, well, now I'm gonna need to do two arm things in a row because I can't do another leg thing right now, and my yep. core thing is on cooldown, yep and that's a little frustrating. Yeah,
0: and like there's other little frustrations I've had with it. Um th- it all kind of comes back to accessibility. I I kind of wish you could adjust the pace of some of them. Like there's some where it wants you to do it at a very specific pace and I'm like, uh this is, like if I was doing this in a gym, the pace you're setting is a little too fast because like it would be better to do kind of a long slow motion rather than what they're going for, which is like a fast like explosive motion. So it's like uh, this isn't quite what I want to do, but all right, I'll follow your rules, Mr. Mr. Ringfit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So
0: like there's little things and I would imagine this is a game that they're going to be supporting. Like it'll have DLC. Hopefully it'll have DLC. They'll, they'll add exercises. Like maybe they'll add challenges or whatever. And I think that'll be good. But uh, at the moment it's, it's, it's good, but so.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, the accessibility thing is a huge issue and hopefully something that they address. I don't think they will. Um, They've never addressed it in any other situation where people have asked for more options aside from um, there's uh, you can zoom in, which is good. (laughs) I mean, that's a good feature, but that doesn't fix the problem. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, totally. Anyways, yeah, Ring Food Adventure. It's really good. Uh, Get it, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I feel I like, get it if it sounds like something that's interesting for you, especially since uh, this isn't really a typical game in the way that we normally talk about.
0: Yeah, but and I guess in that sense, one could argue that it's the most immersive RPG ever.
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, one could argue.
0: Yeah, uh, whether or not I would, I don't know, but <laughs> but it's very good.
1: Very, so, very,
0: very cool. Yeah. Um, I have one other game that I'll talk about for let's call it 20 seconds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's not on the list. That is Sakonia When They Cry. Uh, oh, yeah. I am about 10 hours into it. So, and I'm, pr- I, it seems that I'm near the end. Uh, and I will say it's really good. Uh, I think Allison, you as a fan of Higurashi, would really like it. Um, and I would say, if it keeps up its current pace all the way to the end, it's going to be a really strong candidate for being a game of the year thing. But also some of the writing is a little bit frustrating. (laughs) Like there's, there is a term they keep using. Like it's kind of like, uh, almost like an analogy or something that they use. They use it during this one scene and you're like, that's a really good analogy. Good, good call. That makes sense. Like you've illustrated your point and put it into this like three word thing. Like, I'm not going to say what it is just because you'll get there if you play it. But the thing is, they start bringing that up like every 20 minutes. <laughs> so it kind of loses its cleverness and then it just com- becomes a bit annoying every time they bring it up. So like stuff like that makes it a little bit annoying. But overall, it's really good.
2: It's going to be an interesting, I think the international, I'm I'm double checking right now. And it, yeah, I'm seeing that international... Um, game of the year law mandates that you can only have two visual novels in a game of the year list. So it's going to be interesting to see which ones you all uh, fight for.
0: So photographs.
2: <laughs> so photographs and the Harry Potter one. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah! Perfect. Anyways. Yeah, I did. Uh, oh, sorry. Go for it.
2: I haven't had time to like, to, to start it, but, um, I did pick up uh, Steins Gate Elite on sale on Switch a awesome. few yeah. weeks ago. So yeah, because it, be it was it was their trade.
0: ten year anniversary.
2: Yeah, it was only like twenty five dollars, which hey, seems like a bad. steal for that game. Um, yeah, totally. So I I, I jumped on that.
0: Uh, Hopefully, yeah. you enjoy it. I
2: I am guessing that I will. I am the I I try to not as much as I don't understand visual novels. I try not to actually like. Bag on them too much because the last time, the last thing I did that with all the time was Kingdom Hearts, and then turned out it turns out that <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is now one of my favorite franchises in video games. So uh, <laughs> I, I am tr- I try to be better about not um, picking on stuff that I don't understand yeah. because it turns out
0: I think something that one has to keep in mind with standard visual novels because Steins Steinsgate is more what I would consider a standard visual novel, and same, mm-hmm. same with Saconia actually. Uh, whereas like you have Danganronpa or Zero Escape or AI, where you're actually doing gameplay things, standard like normal ass sure. visual novels is more akin to actually reading a book. The only interaction you're doing is moving the dialogue forward.
2: Which I think is like one of the challenges that I have with um, with those kinds of because like I'm, I'm getting very like, being very honest for a second in the sense that I might sound like a bit of a dick and I don't want to, because (laughs) I wouldn't, I've been trying to figure out how to frame this conversation for years, but I am not someone who likes to question what makes a game a game at all. I think that's dumb and I don't think you should do it, which is why I think I'm dumb for even having the thought I shouldn't do it. But sometimes I feel like with VNs, it's like, well (laughs) really though, like very traditional VNs, it's always felt like, what it blurs the line for me between like reading a comic book and, and, and playing a game in a way that is hard for me to wrap my head around. But I think it's because I haven't played enough traditional visual novels that have really branching paths in them. Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, that's always been the, like the few that I've played stuff like, um, like Doki Doki literature club and, um, I'm trying to even think which, of which, good examples of other ones which is
0: funny because that's a deconstruction. <laughs>
2: it is a deconstruction for sure, but it's still when you play it it is the the choices don't really matter that much. It's much more like they don't have it doesn't have different branches and stuff
0: like that. Totally. Um, which is kind of the deconstruction element. It's like, "Oh, we're playing on yeah. your expectations from all of these visual novels that you've played in the past." Sure. But if that's the one but you, you played it's kind of like
1: played.
0: Yeah, it's like if it's the first one or only one you've played it's like, "Uh, what?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i had played a couple prior to that so i had just enough of enough context to appreciate the deconstructive elements but totally. i think the challenging thing for me has always been like um in a game like i don't know mass effect that's very focused on choices you kind of build up such a um you build relationships with characters and then the choices you make like if you play mass effect for 40 hours and then play mass effect two for another 35 and then near the end of mass effect two, a character dies because of the way the final mission goes. It's like, wow, I've been in the trenches fighting next to this person for like 70 hours. Mm -hmm. This really hits. Whereas for visual novels, um, the thing, the few that I've played that are more traditional, that's hard for me is like, getting the stories can be really good. This isn't even a knock on the quality of storytelling or art or voice acting or anything. It's all about structure for me. That is the hard thing that I have with the stuff is like I get to the end of one path and it's like, wow, that was an emotional journey. Well, I guess I'll reload and see the other paths. And it feels way less impactful for me to see the different endings because it doesn't, I feel like since I'm just going to reload a save point and see them all, there isn't that same degree of like, you're not going to go back and replay 70 hours of mass effect to get that emotional hit of a different character dying. But when it is, um, I can go back and see all the endings in another couple hours, then it's feels a little less um, impactful to me. But I think that maybe the thing I need to focus on is playing more games like AI, which I know is a little more, is a little different, but games like Steins Gate and AI where, the endings aren't necessarily like here's your emotional hit, and it's more like here's how it gets weird and twisted around different narratives. Sure. Uh that might be the the thing that makes it click for me. I don't know. Yeah.
0: No, I there's no way for me to say what would make it click for you because like it is totally it's it's a genre which requires a lot of patience. Uh and you have to kind of turn your brain off from what you normally expect from a video game, I guess. Like
2: and again, I think it's a shitty thing to interrogate a the value of something based on whether or not it's a game. Like, I don't mean, I don't really want to do that, and and I don't. It's not like I would ever come to Game of the Year loaded with ammo to say like, "Well, AI, I'm willing to let that get in the top three, but Steinsgate can't because it's not really a game." That's bullshit, and people sure. shouldn't do that. But uh, um, it, it's it it does when I engage with it, it does kind of create a difficult, like trying to, it's difficult for me to make, to understand it in my head, I guess. Sure.
0: Yeah. Our game of the year is actually Hentai Asmodeus. So <laughs> hey, uh, speak- it does look like that's a puzzle game. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hentai Asmodeus, what do you think of that game that you've been playing, Alison?
1: Okay. I was wondering if that was going to be a transition over to my game, which is, uh, which is, Little Town Hero. Which is the new which is the exact opposite of what you're talking about. So this is the new game by Game Freak uh Pokemon Studio. Uh they Game Freak has in the past only done a few different games that are uh not Pokemon. Um
0: one of uh, which is like pocket, the greatest game of all time.
1: Pocket card jockey. Hell yeah. Okay, that game is great. <laughs> I love it. Uh it is so good. And then uh the game on the Game Boy Advance, uh Drill Dozer, which is kind of, has become like a beloved uh kind of cult classic for the Game Boy Advance. I I bought it a couple of years ago when I first or when I first got my uh backlit uh GBA and I bought it for 50 bucks. So, uh but it's a really good game. So, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this game and it's fine. It's not (laughs) bad. It's just not good.
0: Like it's, it's the most average game you've played this year.
1: Well, see, the thing is, is that there's interesting aspects of it. So the idea, uh, so the story of the game is that you're a character who lives in this town. Nobody's allowed to leave this town because there's, uh, um, Monsters all around. So basically, the only way you can leave the town is through the castle. And it's it's heavily guarded. And you're like, you're a little kid who lives in this town and you would like to leave. <clears throat> um, but then monsters start appearing in the town. Ooh, what's happening? Um, but the story itself is kind of boring. <clears throat> and so since the bulk of the, all of the game, at least as far as I can see, you're playing inside the town, you'd hope that the town itself would be interesting. It is not. Mm-hmm. Kind of a boring uh, area. <clears throat> um, not a whole lot to do beyond just the, some of the quests that you do, but it's, it's just not that fun. But the, just...
2: Oh, sorry. Please finish. Uh,
1: but the meat and potatoes of the game is the... Um, uh, the battling... Mm -hmm. which is turn-based, but it's actually, like, a card game. So the entire kind of conceit of the the other conceit of the game is uh, basically on the concept of ideas. So, like, sometimes when you're uh, doing a quest, you have to figure out how to, like, get an idea for something by putting a bunch of stuff together. So here the combat is basically you have an idea, which they call an is it, and then you make it into, like you. A what? An is it. Yes. That's not even the silliest part. Okay. Because you can, because you have a limited number of points and each turn. And then you can, you use those points to convert an is it into a does it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's basically like idea action. Okay. So it's like your idea is kind of like the cards you have pulled uh like if it was a card game and then uh you spend points to be able to use those card uh use those cards um each one has a uh an attack and a defense um and you are basically whenever you're get against an enemy you're trying to uh kind of con- counteract all of their cards so for example like if they uh <clears throat> if they they bring all a bunch of them then if you like um sorry this is this is like really hard to describe <laughs> uh so each each of your enemies dazzles their actions they all have the uh defense uh stat or the uh number and if you are able to Use your uh, actions to uh, um, get rid of all of their defense. Then that card is out of commission and it's broken. And if all of your if all of their cards are broken, you have a chance to attack the enemy's health. Um. So there's, but if if your uh, car like if your action isn't fully the defense isn't fully broken, then you can still use it in future actions without any sort of cost. So for example, if you have like a one that has like super high defense, like has a seven defense and you use it in the one round, then in the next turn, you can still use it. So there's, and there's more too, like there's various like, uh, companions or like friends that you can use that like will do certain things uh you have to refresh your cards at a point you're also moving around the town throughout the battles and have uh, kind of um depending on where you land you get certain bonuses but you can there are certain t- cards that have uh a, a boost to deliver or you, where you can choose where you move It is a very complicated system, Hmm. and it's actually, I think, kind of fun because there's a lot of ways that you can think about it. The only issue is that it's just not the rest of the game doesn't service it very well. And, And there's a couple of tutorials early on in the game, but it's it's not very well tutorialized and it kind of throws you into pretty difficult battles really, really early on which requires some pretty intense strategizing. Like, I think it was the second uh, main boss fight. And there's not a lot of just, like, normal fights. It's, it's mostly boss fights. Um, the second main fight, I, I just, I needed to start it over again because it was just too hard. Um, and, and I kind of got into a, into a rhythm where I knew I wasn't going to win. But it's, I, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of promise here. Like, there's so much strategy so that there's a lot of thinking about when do you convert your idea into an action? When do you use these points? Because there are a lot of each, like pretty much every card has different effects. And some of them depend on if something is uh uh been converted from an idea to an action or if it hasn't yet. So there's just like a ton Hmm. of different systems altogether. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. Like the, the battling itself is actually, you know, pretty fun. It's just that it's not implemented very well at all. And that's kind of a shame.
0: Do you think it would have been better if it was a smaller scale thing and it was more mechanics focused than trying to tell this whole story and like show this whole world?
1: Maybe. Um, the, the the story and the world and the characters are easily the weakest part.
0: Yeah, That's I, what it sounds like,
1: but it's it's kind of interesting though because it's not. I don't know how much more you would make it smaller. <laughs> I don't know. It, I think that it. I think that the if they had managed to make it just pure like card game versus having a story, I think that might actually be more interesting. Or it might be better because it, it, I think that at its core, the, the gameplay is nice. It's just trying to figure out what would be the best way to implement it in oh, right. an actual game.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's just, it's
2: so odd to me because it seems, it seemed like everyone was talking about town in like hushed tones for so long as like, yeah, this is game freaks new thing. This is the thing. Yeah. Maybe there's some stuff with Pokemon that people aren't happy about, but that's just because Pokemon is big, but this new town thing is their new thing. And that's going to be the new direction and all this stuff. And then like the, the release date got announced with a pretty underwhelming trailer and, people just stop talking about it like almost entirely even even through its release like i've heard very little about it um it's just so strange to me that like the arc of where they're at right now like pokemon sounds good that the previews that have come out recently i was getting a little worried about it but the previews that have come out recently have sounded really strong so who knows um i still have a feeling that that game is that that sword and shield are going to kind of I'm sure they will do very well and I'm sure they will be good games. I have a feeling they're going to be like solid 7.5, 8.0 style games. I mean, I'm
1: just assuming like, yep, that's a Pokemon. Like that's, that's kind of what I'm Yeah. And I'm wondering
2: if it's going to be this time around or what, when like, obviously Pokemon fans will play Pokemon forever and it's cool. I'm not saying they need to change to, to, to satisfy like larger masses of people. But I'm starting to, I'm going to I wonder if like, like Fire Emblem is a great example of this year's Fire Emblem, like captured so many people that haven't been talking about Fire Emblem for years and years and years. Um, And I think it's interesting because I have my own thoughts on Fire Emblem, but um, I'm wondering if Pokemon's going to do that this time, because it certainly seems like it has in pre-release coverage but I'm wondering if it's going to come out and like where it's going to stand and where does that leave game freak? Like they have two teams. What do they kind of do next? Do they put a lot of energy into Pokemon and trying to like take it to the next level to get more audience, like to get more people into the fold there or do they focus on, doing something else that's different and weird. Like who knows? It's just an interesting
1: pocket card jockey to the switch. Yes,
2: <laughs> I would love that. Cause I never played that game and <laughs> I know it's supposed to be fun. Good.
1: It is very yeah. good. It's a very fun. I
2: could play it on 3ds weird but...
1: game. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, if you still, if anybody still has a 3ds around, I think it's like $8 on 3ds shop and it's, it is like, I've put so much time into that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, When it comes to Pokemon, I don't know. I'm feeling split on it because for me personally, like I think I fell off a of Pokemon around when black and white came out. Cause like mm-hmm. I picked up whatever I want, I think black probably and like got like three quarters of the way through. And was just like, this feels really uninspired to me. Like this just feels like another Pokemon game without.
2: That's kind of how I got yeah, with that. Yeah, like, I- like, I- even
0: sun and moon to an extent. <coughs> like, yeah, there's the alone region and it's different and stuff like that, but it still just felt like more Pokemon. Yeah, they added the mega evolutions and all that stuff, and that was neat. But like, I don't know. It seems like this game could be switching things up enough to be new, but but at the same, switching. Yeah, I got you there. But but yeah, no. Like, I don't. I don't know. For me, it just doesn't seem interesting enough to to, yeah for me to care personally.
1: Yeah, for me, I Pokemon is like my most nostalgic game franchise. Sure. So I have that element of totally like just playing a like super standard Pokemon game is like the most comforting video game experience. Yeah, sure.
2: And I get it because that's how I am with like Helium Rain style space games Mm -hmm. where it's like single player you're gonna build space station, you're gonna travel around space trucking until you build, have enough money to build a space station, and then you're gonna build a space station, start making products and then automating and then <laughs> that's
0: like, very I get it. It's a different like, nostalgic thing.
1: I no, know. no, no, no. But I mean so I get yeah, it in that like, like I have all this nostalgia for Pokemon, <laughs> and You're like, I like building space. <laughs> no, but
2: it's the no, same. I'm not feeling discrediting It's you just that's a, that's I'll, really funny. I'll pay I'll play if I whenever I see a new game that does that come out. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, and I'm in for, you know, whatever the price of the game is. And even though it may not bring anything new to the table. Sure. Um, and, like, Pokemon at least has, like, new region, new Pokemon, that kind of stuff. So I'm certainly not saying that, like, right. Pokemon yeah, fans but should it's, demand But more I mean, play. when it
1: comes to, say, like, casual fans or people who haven't been playing it, uh, who played it as a kid but kind of fell off when it got to the point where they're like, oh, it's just a new region, it's just new bosses, it's just new gyms just new areas new pokemon Mm. like i i get it i think that it's it's an interesting question because i feel like pokemon does have a really core base of fans as we've seen with sword and shield who are very protective of the game Mm. and do not want necessarily things to be changed so it's interesting to see how they can balance that kind of like Playing to that core fan base, if they even should, or with how are we going to get more people to play who haven't might not have played in years? And I think it's an interesting balance.
2: And I'm so curious to see how it shakes out this time around, because so many of the core changes that they're making or there's so many of the changes that are pissing off their core fan base are the kinds of changes that to me, I'm like, hell yeah, I don't want to have to, like, go by. I don't, I don't I, like It being on Switch on a console um, that I can plug into my TV and that is like very connected to the internet makes me think like, well, maybe I'll get into playing Pokemon online for the first time against people and matchmaking and stuff. Because that sounds really cool as a like sort of tack like competitive RPG kind of thing. And so the fact that I can go also, oh, I don't have to go back to One of the DS games to go catch a Pokemon that's going to be like the most powerful of a certain type, that's super appealing. I like, I I don't need to be able to have every single Pokemon that's ever come out in this game.
1: Yeah, I personally think that's fine. And I honestly don't think, I think that the people who are, uh, really complaining about this are of extremely vocal minority of people who are going to be, be playing Pokemon games. But but either way, yeah. if
2: it's not interesting, like that change to the core formula is interesting to me. But if actually playing it is not, doesn't feel kind of fresh and different, I don't know that I'll, it'll hold me long enough to get me to that point where I'm right. playing online. And if the people who can appreciate that, um, that sort of the way that they, those games have been are alienated from whatever decisions they may or may not have made. Um, I just hope that it doesn't like cause some kind of weird collapse for them uh, is, is, is what it is, but it probably won't. It'll probably be fine. It'll probably be, there'll be a, a vocal minority of the fan base that hates it. And then most people that are already fans will be super excited about it. And who knows what it'll do in terms of like, the larger sphere gaming sphere.
0: Yeah, I
2: do think I do think that <laughs> November now has three of the most interesting games released in the last like 10 years
1: <laughs> coming it's so, out. It's so weird
2: <laughs> because one, we're getting the first single player triple a star Wars game in how long? I mean, like...
1: Very long time. Half
2: a decade at least? Like, other than Battlefront, I can't even think of any, like, AAA Star Wars games that have come out since, what, the Old Republic?
0: Yeah. And yeah. that's not a
2: single-player game even. That's still an MMO. So that's really... It's going to be fascinating to see how that shakes out. What are, what are the other Pokemon is,
0: ones? Because I know, obviously, there's Just Dance 2020 and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> Like, oh,
1: those are very obviously, like,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Pokemon is, like, the biggest shift in that franchise maybe ever. Because yeah. I feel like even the jump to DS was still not as momentous oh, as yeah, no, what's the, happening yeah, here. This
1: jump to DS wasn't, yeah. Yeah, that, this is essentially... I mean,
0: like, sorry, I was going to say, this is the, the first home console version of Pokemon, like, core Pokemon ever, right? Yep.
2: Yeah. And then Death Stranding sounds like it's oh, the... Oh, right. Oh, my God,
1: complete, Death Stranding. I forgot about
2: Death Stranding. I don't, like... <laughs> Uh, man i'm excited for next friday i'm so excited to hear
1: about death stranding yeah
2: same here i guess if we want if you don't have any other thoughts on town and pokemon yeah no i'm good about death stranding first in news
1: i would only recommend uh little town hero if you're if you're at all interested in it but like wait for a sale man it's it's not it's it's not necessary play
2: so i think we have listed here this, like, Conan and Death Stranding <laughs> as being the thing to touch on, because that's so ridiculous. Yep. Um The thing I almost said before the show, that, but that I want to pose the question to both of you on the record.
1: Uh, oh, on the record? Think, okay, okay.
2: Do you think that Norman Reedus had any sense of what he was getting into when he signed on to do this game? Yes.
0: No.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like...
2: I don't know where I fall on it. That's why I'm asking. Like, I can't. Certainly he could not have imagined that it would result in him. A model of him sliding down a river on its back, doing a like jack off motion with his hands, which I know is supposed to be an otter thing. Like, I get it. But 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 we all know what it looks like. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Is it though? I mean, Uh,
1: knowing Kojima, is it? Yeah
2: what the f- like what the fuck Why? Yep. I love so, it
1: So, uh, if did- you guys haven't seen it uh, Conan O'Brien did a, a segment where he went and visited the uh, Kojima Productions office and then now he's also going to be one of the characters in the Preppers. game well, yeah. where his, his entire thing is he gives you an otter hat so that you can ride down rivers as an otter
2: yep. <laughs> yeah yeah I just it's and BB will be very happy. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite part of that tweet. Or like BB will enjoy it too or something. Yes. That game is I'm so like I maybe I hate this because it means that it worked. <laughs> but I'm maybe gonna buy that game even if it gets like a two out of ten from most places. Like I
1: mean, I I think like they need to know
2: yeah and like I have a lot of issues with Kojima and particularly the way he like portrays women in his games yeah almost to the extent where like if this were like another Metal Gear I'd just pass or at least wait for a huge sale which is what I did for MGS5 um and still haven't played it but uh at the same time like this I kind of gotta know and I kind (laughs) of want to go in not blind because people are going to talk about it next week and I'm going to listen to it but I want to almost go in without... I don't really want to watch someone else play it. I kind of want to see what that thing is. And the fact that, like, Dan Reichert on Giant Bomb is one of the biggest... I mean, Kojima is, like, his favorite person in a lot of ways, it seems like. Uh, Which, you know, I'm not picking on Dan. Mm -hmm. Um, But... uh, the man may have some problematic faves, but at least he faves those those things for reasons that are less problematic. Uh, but he seems like he hates it. Like <laughs> he he was not.
1: Yeah.
2: He pretty much broke the embargo in to
1: be like <laughs> last week's well, as, as cast. Tra- He he seemed like he was trying to not break the embargo, but everybody everybody knew what he was talking about.
2: I think he was only trying because. He knew Vinny would get mad at him. Like I don't know. Having now, having yeah, I don't know. I think that I don't think he even gives a shit about
1: no. really. Yeah, I, I he hates it. I think the thing that interests me most is that this game seems, at its core, to be Kojima at his most unrestrained. And, well, and- looking at all the weird shit that's in the Metal Gear franchise, that's Kojima with somebody with like oversight. Whereas here, this feels like Kojima with zero oversight. And I am just so intrigued to what that means.
2: And Dan does Dan. Dan is not the, I mean, I tend to often agree with Dan's video game opinions, but like he is not the ultimate, like I haven't played enough of red dead two to give it a review because I had a lot of issues, the same issues with it that Dan had with it. Um, But with that said, A lot of people think Red Dead 2 is one of the best games ever made. So Dan hating Death Stranding does not mean that it's necessarily a bad game. It's just interesting
1: considering he actively loves a lot of he loves Metal Gear. And
2: he and he loves Kojima. And he loves Breath of the Wild, which I think is an interesting thing because this game seems like it's pulling on some similar strings of
1: some strands if you will. Oh God. <laughs> it's pulling on
2: some strands yeah. of mm. hey, you need to get from point A to point B and the whole landscape is is unfurled before you and you're going to have some adventures along the way, which is like very Breath of the Wild um and and so I don't know. I'm I've never been more excited for a podcast than next Friday's beast. Cast, oh, let's put it that oh, way. Okay. Oh
1: my God. I'm so, I, I'm legit really excited. The podcast
2: not- that I'm, that I'm listening to. I'm always excited, more excited about making our podcast, but
0: like, Duh.
2: yeah, I, I haven't been more excited to listen to a podcast in a long time than I am for that, that embargo lifted beast cast. And it's great that it comes out on the day, the embargo lifts. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it too. Uh, I might end up listening to that one, despite my problems with the Beastcast.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's probably must listen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 sure it's going to be an entertaining show.
2: Anyway, other news.
1: Anywho, news. Um, well, I. What think, other
2: disaster do we want to talk
0: about? Yeah, I don't All think this I news have, is. I don't think terrible. any of our have, news is positive.
1: No, well, I mean, Death Training is like just I, it's positive for me. Cause I think it's hilarious, but
2: it is that particular thing is, is positive. Cause I also like Conan O'Brien. I lot, do too. So. Yeah,
1: no, I like Conan. <laughs> so it's like, cool. uh, so I, I think we're not going to be able to talk about everything, but like fallout first, I feel like we have to oh talk God. about
2: fallout first. It's just an abject disaster. I've continued to, this is like the end of me pulling for that game. I continued to pull for that game. Cause I think it has some super interesting ideas. Um, and I also think like, <laughs> interestingly, my biggest problem with fallout seven with, with the outer worlds is the same problem that I have with fallout 76, which is just that the enemies are not interesting to fight. If that problem were fixed in fallout's case, I would actually enjoy that game quite a bit. Cause I think, I think it's world is really interesting. And I think like the, like exploring it with your friends and building a camp together is fun. Um, but, man. And so, like, the update with the NPCs and stuff, I was like, oh, that'll be fun to dip back into. I own the game, so I will check it out. This Fallout first stuff, though, is like...
1: It's whew. It feels like the definition of hubris. Where it's like... And the, in a
2: long line of everything they've done for the past year and a half has been, like, the definition of
1: hubris. Yeah. But, I mean, specifically like, okay, we know there's this game that... You 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 are fond of Pat and that you've defended, but that largely has not well, people a great hate. Response. Yeah, yeah. And
2: well, it's because it's not good. To be clear, I have I'm I'm <laughs> right. There, there's like, aspects of it that I find compelling that I wish were that they would fix the bad parts so that it could be good. But it's not a good game. Right but, where but after
1: right so much of uh of a year with Fallout seventy six, where it's like, well. Here's the, the issues with the bag. Here's the issues with the store. The Here's helmet. Issues. The
0: helmet. Yeah. Helmet.
1: The moldy helmets. Like, there's so many issues, and then it's like, hey, want to pay a hundred dollars a year for the <laughs> subscription to this game you bought? It's and, like, what are you talking oh about?
2: It's been so important to me in talking about that game to separate some of the business issues from right. the game issues because either way, it's Bethesda's fault, but like the games issues are things that I think are fixable. And I, and I've tried to avoid bagging on the game part too much because there are people playing it who are doing some amazing stuff in that community. Um And I think that the, like the bag stuff and the helmet stuff is easy to dunk on. Cause it's just garbage. Whereas like the game part, it's like, you may not like it and we may say it's not a good game, but there are people who are finding really good enjoyment out of it. So I don't know that it's, of the same value to dunk on the game itself. Mm -hmm. But this is like a collision of those things. Like now they're combining like bad business decisions with technical issues with the core aspects of the game itself. And it's just like all muddied together now. And it's just garbage.
1: So wild that it's, it's considering just how, what goodwill they have left, like, yeah. what goodwill Bethesda has left with Fallout. They're just like, but you want to pay us a hundred dollars a year, right? Like, <laughs> and, and then, and then when people do it, it's there's still technical issues. It's like, and
0: uh, also
2: structural issues to the way that the thing is put together. Like, it is important to note, um, that with games like Rust and Ark, uh, these kinds of like Fallout's a little more. It has quests and stuff more so than those games, but um, the private server thing, them charging for it, is actually not as egregious as it looks in its face because um, that is server space that is in theory running. The thing is, when like with Ark and Rust, they charge you twelve bucks a month. It's pretty, it's pretty good pricing compared to the other games in the space for a private server, but then you're paying for the private server and anyone can connect to that server whenever they want to. This system that they're doing with fallout is like, they're just giving you a slot on one of their already running servers. And the slot is closed when people who don't have the subscription are playing on it. So like, if I get the, it's not me renting a server. It's you got to pay to play on my server. Like, it, it, they shouldn't even call it private servers because it's not what it is it's it's it's, it's the ability to play with specific people and only those people while everyone is logged in and there's
0: some other kind of egregious shit that came along with the private servers like the one for me that was like kind of mind blowing and made me just go what are you doing was that months ago they were like okay yeah mods do them do them for fallout 76 mods are cool and now if you want to do mods you have to pay like, cause it only comes along with those private servers. So like, and to like, s- they've been kind of pooping on their creators for a long time. Uh, yeah. but like this is just like, it's gone from, Oh yeah. You creator who's made this mod, you can sell it and make some money. Yay. That's awesome. We get a cut, but that's okay. You're using our game. That's fine. And like, I think creators were like, yeah, that's awesome. Even if the community was still kind of hesitant to pay for mods, but now it's like, Hey, you creator, you want to make stuff, pay me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like, if anything, you should maybe the middle ground there could have been, hey, if you're a creator and you're publishing mods to our mod database, you don't have to pay for anything. Just you're you're good. You get the pass. like that's sure. enough to get you a pass. That seems like a smart way to handle that, because I do get like were I to jump back into it, I am probably never going to play on a private server. I guess I could maybe see it, but it's there's so little that people interacting with each other like it's very hard to get trolled in that game. So playing it in on public servers is fine. I never had a problem with that. Um, And maybe that's changed. But back when I was playing it, it was fine to play with people. So to me, the private server thing is like serves two really big purposes. One, if you have a group that wants to populate all of the slots and have some kind of ongoing like role play or um, like factional thing happening, it serves that purpose, and then it also serves the purpose of mods. Because if I'm playing on a public server, I don't want you to like be able to run a mod that I'm not interested in seeing. So I get restricting mods to private instances, but you shouldn't have to, as a creator, pay for the private worlds to develop and test your mods. <laughs> yeah. That part is ridiculous. Um, and so I don't think that it's fair to creators to have to do that. And get again, again like if you're paying for a private server you should be able to pay for a private server that people can connect to to at all times and play on without you needing to be on it or without them needing to have the service um, because what you get in like Ark is or whatever is you let's say you buy like a 32 person private server for 20 bucks a month because um, it tends to go up and down with slots then what you can do is like say, hey everyone if you can chip in 50 cents then that means my monthly cost goes down to like a dollar and then we all get to play on this thing and it's cool and nobody's pay- paying much of anything for it. And we have a private space. That's how it should work because you're paying the developer is still like it's, it pays for the cost of them operating that instance for you on one of their servers. And they make a little bit extra. That's how a private server should work. Bethesda's positioning this as a, the server's running either way. The the people playing that, there's maybe, what, a couple hundred people playing that game still? They've got the space for you to play in a private instance all the time. Every single person playing that game, and probably if it was ten times more people came back, could have their own private space and it wouldn't impact their resources. So this whole, like, charging people for it thing is, like just total bullshit. And the way that they're charging people for it, it's just complete bullshit. And like the other stuff you get with it, like unlimited storage.
1: Yeah. Like-
2: <laughs> come on. So what you're telling me then is that a core part of your game sucks ass. And, and I don't have to interface with that. If, if I pay you oh, also,
0: that's so shitty. Also, the unlimited storage eats all of your stuff and you can't get it back.
2: And if this were like a free, well, the technical issues of implementing this stuff is a whole other story. But like if, if it's a free to play game And um, you pay for like bag space or something like Guild Wars is a great example. Guild Wars 2, you can craft bags and then you can also pay for premium bags that have lots of more space and bank slots and stuff like that. But Guild Wars 2 is you can start playing that game for free. And even if you were to buy up to the most recent expansion, it still costs way less than Fallout 76. So Fallout 76 at a $60 game should not have bullshit like pay for unlimited storage. Right. That is fucking stupid. And, and it's, and then like currency for their paid shop every month, which is a, the stuff in that shop sucks. It's not interesting. It's just, the whole thing is like, it's like beyond hubris and into like, I just don't understand where they get off. Like what, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. I can't wrap my head around it.
1: And that nobody was like, hang hang on, maybe this is not great, or we'll get some even more negative publicity, but
2: and like I work in marketing and have to put up with like decisions that are not that put us in situations because we're not the producers of products. So sometimes I'm sitting there with a thing in front of me and go, well, this sucks. And it sucks that this has got to be the thing. Um, but Bethesda makes the game <laughs> like they control this, the whole thing. There's no like, well, we have to charge people twelve ninety nine a month. It's not even like, I mean, yes, there are ZeniMax because ZeniMax owns them this isn't even like EA telling an EA partners developer, you got to charge a monthly fee or something like, because we need to make money. It's like, no, this is like their current flagship game. This is, I mean, aside from like doom coming out eventually and, um, elder scrolls online, like they don't have any other stuff that people that they can put in front of people. So the fact that they're doing this with this game is just (laughs) so stupid. It's almost like they're doing it on purpose or something. Like I, I don't even know how to parse it from a business decision making perspective. It's just terrible.
0: It's just terrible, Bethesda.
1: It's just terrible. Yeah. That's
2: the Fallout seventy six
0: story. <laughs> but, but for what it's, for what it's worth, go to FalloutFirst.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: <sighs> oh, all right. Is there a- are any of the other news stories something that we, we you need to talk about or should we No.
2: I don't know. It's We're dumb actually, that, that Stadia doesn't work on Wi-Fi. It's
0: also dumb that people who pre-ordered Stadia might not get it at launch. Yeah. Like
2: and it's dumb that Google will kill that service in March of 2020. Stadia
0: <laughs> is dumb, but
2: Yeah. Um I think we should end on a positive news story, which is that
0: WWE WWE 2K20
2: is a horrible game you can feel good about <laughs> it being horrible because Vince McMahon is like like if if like you dumped a toxic chemical in a landfill and then a trash monster came out of it and then somehow found a way to put human skin over itself but still wanted to just launch as much vitriol into the world as possible that's Vince McMahon basically so for his video game to
0: suck shit is pretty funny. <laughs> I feel bad for the developers. Cause like, you know, they made a game, they, but they, it seems like they only had like a year. And yeah. I don't really blame like, them. I, I don't blame them either. But like, Yukes had been making that game for fucking a millennium. And, uh, I don't know. Like they basically had a year to totally make everything up and like, make something brand new and like, not a lot of shared assets, it seems like.
2: Yeah. And it's the thing that I think makes me feel okay about laughing at it is that it generally, it it seems like people aren't bagging on the developers super hard that it's more like a lot of it is like, like two K's business practices led to this. And um, just the way that that game has had a continual, like it's so controlled. It's sort of, seems like ux has kind of alluded to like hey the reason these games have been bad is because we can't make them the way that we want to because between wwe and 2k it's just impossible for them to have any kind of creative vision beyond put the same thing out and they have no budget and stuff so like i don't blame visual concepts or uh or ux really it's a 2k problem and uh (laughs) Boy, is it a glorious problem, though. It's just a problem. <laughs> the,
0: the clips that have come out are something special. They're amazing.
2: And yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I don't know. It's, it also sounds like I heard some rumblings that there won't ever be a patch because 2K won't pay for it.
0: <laughs> of course. And they not. know it's
2: a trash fire. Of and not. it's just, a, I mean, there's nothing they can do to fix it. <laughs> um, so they're just going to let it go. And leave it out there.
0: Yep. Frozen, oh, Frozen Adventure is out on Android now. Let it go. Yeah.
2: And the thing is, like, it's so predatory because there are people who just buy the WWE game every year and that's it. Like, they have a PlayStation so that they can watch WWE Network and buy the WWE game. And so they'll buy it and probably realize it's terrible, but also deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just sad because that it is predatory towards those people. And that's what those games have been for a while. This is just the most spectacular imagining of it that has occurred for the last several years. Um, And yeah, good big ups to Ukes for getting away and hopefully making their own thing. They're working on another game. Apparently, I would be so funny if it was an AEW game. It's probably not. But man, (laughs) that would be great.
1: And on that note, I think we're going to be uh, calling it for this week's episode of Gaming Fix. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, that's
0: a good question.
1: It, you know, that is a very good question, to ask. <laughs> Pat, how about you?
2: You can find me at PJC Plays. I wanted to plug real quick. It's a totally off-topic thing, yeah. but it's something that you might be in, that people might be interested in. Um, there's a new podcast uh, from some local Seattle folks called Activist Class that just started up. It's focused on Seattle politics. If you're not interested in Seattle politics, of course, ignore me, but it's a really good show. It's been really helpful for me, um, to kind of get a better look at Seattle politics. And, um, it's, I highly recommend it. If it's something that you find interesting, they're brand new, they're three episodes in. So that's why I wanted to mention it.
1: Very cool. Um, you can find me, uh, at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y at, um, and you can also uh, find us at Fix Podcasts on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Like Good. good. <laughs> and you can also also send us emails at gaming at we, Please do. We would love to hear from you and answer questions. There is no we're such just, thing as a stupid question. we are just,
0: just, just here about your day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just yeah. hear about your day. Like, I had a bad day. i like, I'll be like, oh, that's sad. So,
2: <laughs> um, you can also just send us general uh, things you want our opinions on. Yeah, It doesn't have to be yeah. about video it's games. Like
0: Funyuns? Yeah. What do you think about Funyuns? It,
2: it could, it could also be about, say, comic books, which is a thing you should go listen to Sam and I's first episode yes. of comic books. Yes, Fics.
1: go listen to that. Um, yeah, I, I, if you, if you want movie opinions too. Go see uh, Parasite and The Lighthouse. I saw both of them this week and it was kind of amazing seeing those two on two, like, two consecutive days because they're maybe the two best movies of the year so far for me. So, yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Right.
1: Well, I so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That will do it. Alright. Uh, bye guys.
0: Goodbye.
2: Your body is significant.
1: Aww.